I am so fortunate to speak to you. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you so much for taking this call and agreeing to uh, to this interview. I know that uh, you are a treasure, uh, not only to the Navy, to your family, uh, but uh, we really, really hold you in high esteem, uh, especially uh, nowadays, and and with the onset of Mick Pond Black's uh, name uh, on a brand new ship. Uh, just really, his election in 1967 was a milestone, and um, we never get the story from the spouse's perspective, right? Today, I want to be blessed by your by your story, your history. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, how did you feel during that time in 1967? Well, back in the 60s, uh, the, the, the spouses that did not participate uh, in their husband's career that much, so uh, that's just the way it was. They weren't in the workforce. They stayed home and and they didn't it is was it's very different today than it was uh back then and so uh anyway they uh they had uh they decided they needed a uh representation the enlisted men and women decided they needed representation in washington uh they needed a spokesperson and so that that came out of a, a, a committee. Back in the uh, 60s, uh, morale was low and enlistments were down, and they wanted to uh, something to uh, turn it around. And they and this was one of the suggestions that uh, that they have uh, uh, representation in Washington, someone to to represent them. So they sent this letter out, and, you know, you had to be recommended by your commandant officer, and you had to write a letter and saying what you thought this office should be. And and so uh, my husband's uh, commandant officer uh, recommended him, and so we, uh, so we said, well, sure, you know, why not? Never dreaming that he would be selected. But, but anyway, we sent the letter in, and we didn't hear anything. Uh, from Washington uh, and just kind of forgot about it. And then one day there was uh, some pictures uh, in the Navy time. You know, this was before the electronic age. There was no email and nothing electronic then. Uh, Our our Bible was the Navy Times. And this was how we found out that he had been uh, selected as a, to, to fill that position. And so uh, that was how we found out about it, was uh, through the newspaper. And of uh, you know, of course, we were both very pleased about it, and but didn't think that he would get it, not even dreaming that one day he would be selected. So, so that was how it started. Wow, that's so. amazing too. Especially speaking of today, right, where we get all the information so instantly. And you, yeah. you realize that that he was selected, uh, you know, by a published uh, published paper. Uh, I can't even imagine that nowadays. I wanted to ask you, um, how did you feel during that time in 1967? Well, 
back in the sixties, uh, the the not the spouses that did not participate uh, in their husband's career that much. So uh, that's just the way it was. They weren't in the workforce. They stayed home, and and they didn't. It, it was it's very different today than it was uh, back then. And so uh, anyway, they uh, they had. Uh, they decided they needed a, a when you saw the uh the article I, I know that you just shared that you, you both were pleased um how did you feel with that news well we were we were excited about it of course but as as i said we uh, we didn't uh, uh uh at that time that first publication uh, we didn't. We didn't dream. You know, then we just thought he was one of, one that was been one of the finalists. That was what we thought. So we didn't. Uh, uh, there was, I think, two or three Navy times that came out first. There was ten finalists, and then then there was down to three, and still we hadn't heard anything from Washington. We heard hadn't heard anything, and the three the three pictures of it. Three finalists came out in the Navy Times, and we still hadn't heard anything, not one word, a telephone call or anything. And then it was uh, sometime after that that uh, we got a call. His commanding officers called us and said that they wanted him to come to Washington for an interview. And so uh, and they said, bring your wife with you. And so we went to Washington for the interview and uh, the interview was the interview was for him. It was, but they didn't uh, they didn't ask me any questions. They didn't they didn't interview me. They interviewed my husband. They were only interested in him at that time because they, they just was the wives just weren't uh, in the picture at all. So and we still didn't know anything after we went there for the uh, interview. Uh, they didn't you know they just said. You know, thank you, goodbye, and that's it. So we still didn't know anything. And then uh was uh, sometime later that uh, that they did tell us, the commanding officer uh, called us and told us and, that he had been uh, selected, and we went to uh, San Diego, California, for the announcement to the fleet. Uh, he was the reviewing officer at the recruit graduation in uh, San, uh, San Diego. That was, that was where he had gone through boot camp. And so he was a reviewing officer. And that was when the chief of naval personnel announced uh, that uh, this the selection. And, of course, to begin with, they called it senior enlisted advisor. And then later on they changed it to uh, Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, to see the uh, trajectory uh, from what a uh, um, concept would be to for someone to represent the enlisted force in in Washington and the evolution of the actual office of the MCPON. Uh, and I noticed that in 1971, so at his tenure, 1971. You just mentioned that they really didn't uh, engage you in in, uh, in any capacity uh, outside of a thank you. 
1971 was the onset of the ombudsman program. Uh, and yeah. I'm wondering if it was all because, hey, they realized that uh, the spouse of Mikpon had a lot to, you know, offer. Uh, and um, I'm happy uh, to see that the uh, program uh, had actually launched off in 1971. That was when my husband re- retired, and, uh, uh, and that ombudsman program came into being about the time we retired. So I didn't really have that much input into that. But uh, I, I, there was a change in that they were beginning to recognize that how important the spouse was. So that was why the uh, uh, the ombudsman's program uh, evolved. So and and so Mick Palm Black and and yourself, you retire in '71. You um, made Central Florida your home. Is that right? Yeah, we moved down here. Uh, the Navy base had just opened, and uh, we moved down here at, at about that same time. It was about Disney World had just opened, and they just opened the Navy base, and so we uh, we came down here for the uh, commission of the base when the base first opened. We were still in Washington, and we came down for that ceremony with the. Uh, Secretary of the Navy, I believe, somebody, and uh, uh, that was when we decided that we would uh, move to uh, down here. When we retired, we decided to move down here. So that's wonderful, and uh, I, I know uh, Macon Black uh, was uh, involved in USO Central Florida and the Fleet uh, Reserve Association, um, and he also yeah. was in the committees. Uh, on retired uh, retired personnel, um, what was that time like uh, during or after you know he retired? How, how was that for you? Well, we just uh, we were just it was a different lifestyle. Uh, you know, one day you got your uniform on, and the next day you're a civilian, and so we you just you just have to transition into that. It's very different. Uh, he he worked for seven years. He worked in real estate for seven years. After he retired, and then he just he he tried to do real estate part time, and you just can't do that part time because it, you have all those follow ups, and and it just it's just just didn't work. So he he finally just retired, but he did, he worked for Bill Jenkins for seven years in uh, in real estate. Now the uh, the news of the ship naming, I know that must have warmed your heart as it did a lot of us. Uh, I was actually involved in, in partly involved with the establishment of the National Chiefs Mess up in uh, D.C. Uh, and I ran a campaign to, uh, you know, in his honor, uh, all the way from Hawaii. So I really love that uh, display they have up there and, you know, how they did all that. Um, when you got word of the ship naming, um, what did that do uh, for you? Well, they had there had been talk for years uh, that uh, there was a ship name for him. This started even before he retired, and even in the night he retired, uh, we'd hear rumors that would flare up, and then they died down, and this went on and on and on. 
And uh, actually, uh, I had not given it much thought. Uh, normally, you don't know, ships are not named for a living people. If you'll stop and think about it, most of them are that have ships named for are deceased. And that, you know, is what happened with my husband. They, as I said, they talked about it and talked about it, but it was just rumors. And then uh, the Secretary of the Navy called me, uh, I think it was in 2015, I think, called me here at home. And, uh, well, the Master Chief of the Navy, he was with the Master Chief of the Navy and the Secretary of the Navy, and they called me here, (coughs) uh, Ray Mabus, and uh, he uh, told me then that he was going to uh, uh, name a ship for my husband. And then I went to Washington, uh, <clears throat> and I was with him when he announced uh, to the fleet that he was naming a ship, uh, the USS Delbert D. Black. So uh, that was how that happened. That's how I found out yep. about it. Yeah, I remember it uh, well when they had advertised that they were doing that. Uh, I was in Hawaii at the time. Uh, and I can tell you the entire Chiefs mess uh, is so proud uh, to have a ship named after him. Uh, he is so endeared and beloved uh, by the Navy Chiefs mess uh, and the Navy at large uh, and yourself. I mean, we we speak about well, you he, all the time. <laughs> well, uh, uh, this ship uh, that's named for my husband, uh, I think of it as – representing all the enlisted men and women in the Navy. He's, he's in, it's not the first ship that's been named for an enlisted man, but it is unusual for them to name a, a ship for an enlisted man. So uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's uh, quite an honor. And, uh, and so um, the uh, commission will be... The twenty, I think the twenty-sixth, out at Cape Canaveral. Yes, we're all excited. Um, I know that uh, the current health climate has changed some of that participation, so that will be uh, via virtual means. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's going normally. It's open to the public, and everybody attends. It's a big celebration, but this will be closed. This is by invitation only. They were trying to keep it down to 50 people, which is impossible because, you know, I have relatives that are coming uh, there for the ceremony. So I I think there'll probably be a little over 50 people there. But it will be a closed uh, uh, ceremony. I know that the um, Central Florida Navy League uh, will be participating uh, although be, it, it be virtually, um, and it is our great honor uh, to be participating in it. Um, we wanted to extend uh, our love to you. Uh, yeah. And and your time uh, your time with the waves. Um, how do you remember those years? Well, it was a uh, quite an experience. I joined the Navy when the women in service was only one year old. And so uh, I went to uh, Hunter College, New York, for my recruit training. And then I was uh, stationed in uh, 
Washington, D.C. at Anacostia, the southeast part of Washington, D.C. So that was where I, and I I stayed in four years. I was in four years. I was uh, in the reserves. That they, they, to begin with, they, they, all, all the ways were reserved. The uh, idea was that we were to serve uh, until one year after the war, and then the women in service were, would be discontinued. That was what the plan was to begin with. So there was no regular Navy for the women in service when I was in. Thank you so much. I'm a, I appreciate this time. I am a, I am a blessed man today. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, you have a great day. Okay. Bye. Thank you.